God bless you guys. God bless the world, buddy. Let's go racing. This is the Loud Pedal Podcast. A very diverse cast of automobile racing characters. With your host, NBC Sports Television Analyst and part-time midget racer, it's D. Welch and Mr. Dylan Welch. Yeah, you damn right I got that out there. Oh, that stupid-ass flagman. They got a dumb-ass flagman they can't see. And an expert in only one category, food. Yeah, look how big those things are. Little meat on the bone there. And cook perfect. Well, sometimes racing, but mostly food. When you're talking a, a meal, like people I'm about to die, I will ask for 15 to 20 chicken wings. It's heavy lunch, Tyler Burnett. Here we are, Loud Pedal Podcast on the Flow Racing, live from Atomic Speedway as, well, they're racing late medals tonight here at the Castro Flow Racing Night in America. But first, we're going to chat with Logan Wagner, who won at Port Royal Speedway with the All-Stars, his second career All-Star victory. Congratulations, Logan. Big win for you and your team. You've been really fast this year already. Yeah, guys, we uh, we had speed there Saturday night, especially in the feature, and um, I really really proud of my team, man. They they work so hard on that car, and we've been fine tuning all year. We got a fifth place, fourth place, third place, two seconds, and it was nice to pick off that win. When you know, obviously, the the competition in Pennsylvania is is super tough. We don't have to tell anybody that, but uh, you know, when a traveling series like the All Stars come in and they bring uh, you know, bring their talent and their, their roster of guys, um, that obviously adds, you know, adds a little bit more intensity to the, to the nightly program. Um, so how much did that validate what you guys are doing that, uh, you know, you were able to, to beat those guys? Yeah. You know, anytime, even you're going up, like you said, going up against weekly guys like Lance Dietrich, Macri, uh, they've shown some strong hands early in the season already. And, uh, and they're a challenge within themselves. And then you start adding guys like Corey Elias and Paul McMahon's just Tom Trellin. Great now. Um, the 11 car, you know, we got Ian Madsen now with that connection and they're, they're operating really well. So um, we, 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 we put ourselves in the right position uh, through time trialing by being quick time in that group and, and the, the all-stars, they award that. So when we were quick time in a group, all we had to do was run top four. We did that. Then we went to the, uh, the dash and run well in the dash and started in the top four in the feature and actually started fourth. And I knew if we could start within the top 10, we had a really good shot at it. And, uh, and Macri was clean back at 21st or 20th. So uh, that, that helped our hand a bit too, but we also had to, to be guys like Lance and, uh, and um, Dietrich in, Eliason was right behind me. Um, Tyler Courtney was riding the wall better than I have seen him in years past. So uh, a lot of really strong suits there Saturday night. Absolutely. The, the all-star series is as best as it's ever been. I mean, I, I was just talking to someone today, the talent level across the all-stars is as high as it's ever been. I would put it right now, you know, the world of outlaws, my entire life have been the top sprint car series in the world. And same with your life as well. Right now it's world of outlaws a and world of outlaws B with the all-stars, ain't it? Yeah. You know, honestly, like it's more like Lucas Oil, what about laws type deal with the late models, you know, and it has been over the years. That's what we're looking at with the all-stars right now. You got guys like the 13 um, in the, in the Boke Motorsports 13 going to a outlaw event running top two and coming from mid pack and doing so. 
um, beating guys like Aaron Russell that that have raced with the All Stars. So, yeah, there's there's no slouches. And uh, when you can when you can watch the 26 go backwards, uh, Elias, and go backwards in an All Star event, you know that there's some tough competition. Um, and week week in week out of the racing. Obviously, your success at Port Royal has has been well documented as well. Um, you know, do you guys feel like you guys are are going in the right direction here? You're obviously chasing uh chasing four in a row which has only been done once before so how do you guys feel like uh your program is shaping up to to go after number four yeah i feel like i have the best car under me right now that i have in the last four years at zemco and i feel like the team and i have meshed better this year so far than we ever have and it wasn't that we've ever struggled by no means uh we come out of the gate uh pretty hot there four years ago got our first track championship uh got it from greg hodnett and uh there was a lot of tough competition then too but I feel like what we have right now is something special and a lot of teams look for. Uh, I talked to a track official um, Saturday night before the race. And he said, you know, how many times do you and Tommy have, how many times have you guys got into it? And I said, you know what, we've, we've never had an argument. So to, to look at your crew chief and and say, you know, we've never disagreed and we've always um, progressed forward and, and did what was best for the car or the team and, and never had an argument within that uh, as a statement of its own. So I'm really happy with where we're at right now, honestly. Uh, our whole team's working together. Our shock program's uh, fantastic. Our, our bar program, our wing program, um, our tires are, are working great. We have, we have great guys on every aspect of the crew right now, and, and I look forward to the rest of the year with these guys. You're fortunate because you get to race with your dad um, weekly. Uh, he's still racing, right? He's still yeah, doing it. He's yeah. he's pretty fast. Yeah, and I'm still trying to wreck him. <laughs> no, 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 everyone says that, but no, Dad, he's he's uh, he's no slouch, man. He has some good motors right now. He has Mac McGee coming on, and uh, and they've really stepped up his motor program to put him in position to win those races. So, uh, Dad's Dad's really strong, night in, night out, and um, and you put him up front, he'll run with the best of them, and. Uh, and he's not afraid to put it against the wall, you know, even being 50, 55 years old, however he is, he, he can still run the wall just as good as we can. Well, and you battled him for the championship, you know, last year. And But yeah. what's, what's that like? I mean, to to grow up watching him, you know, that's kind of how you were introduced to the sport. You grew up watching your dad and then, you know, you get to race against him. What's that like? I mean, do you have moments on the track where you realize that, hey, it's I'm racing dad or is it is it just another car? Yeah, you know, like – before the race, sure, you know, like, so I've watched guys like Keith, we won the Keith Cotham Classic, and we used to hang out with Chase, and we used to hang out with just his son, and the Sander brothers, which are on the car now, and we always hung out at, uh, at we hung out at the track, and to watch those guys, uh, like my dad, Keith Kaufman, and all those legends, Todd Schaefer back in the day at Port Royal, that's, um, it, it's an honor to even race with, it, it was an honor to race with Keith, and it's even bigger honor to race with dad four years straight now at Port Royal. And, and like you said, contend for a championship. You guys raced the Weikert Memorial over the weekend and Keith Kaufman, those guys made Port Royal legendary. Um, you know, you grew up around that place. That place is just getting better. Like I, that my favorite racetrack top five right now, probably in the country, you know, the tunnel going under there is a the state of the art. It's, you know, Kentucky Speedway has a worse tunnel than Port Royal Speedway right, right now. Like it's, I'm, I'm not joking. Like there are better, no, there's no better facility right now than Port Royal Speedway. 
Yeah, dude, that place. I mean, they're paving the infield right now as we speak, as we speak, coming off the scales. Like that's like improvement 1,369 that they've done in <laughs> five, 10 years. So what they're doing, they put the lights up. They made the safer um, exits. They've, uh, they've put better dirt on the facility. They've made the banking right, you know, and, and that's tough. That's so tough. Um, and in and out, night in and out, you're in and out of there really, really fast. You're in another really quick and, and they progress the show fast and there's great racing, dude. I mean, like where else can you see a car bang off the wall at 130, 120 going into the corner and bang off the wall and exit. And at the end of the race, they still have something to show for, it, you know? So kudos to that place for, and I I'm so thankful to call it home. I, I go other places and I think, man, why didn't I just go back to Port Royal? So um, I'm really, I'm really happy to call that place home. What do the people in charge of that place? I mean, they get it. I mean, so what, what makes them in that track, uh, you know, what allows them to continue to progress the way they do and, and continue to make all these improvements, not to, not to, to, you know, discredit any other Pennsylvania tracks, but why is Port, you know, continuously making improvements and getting better? I would say Steve O'Neill stepped in. I, I'd hate to say how many years ago it was. I guess it was probably six years ago, seven years ago. And if you look at the track history prior to Steve O'Neill stepping in, the town of Port Royal was saying like, we're going to close you guys down if you can't control the dust issue. Cause it was so bad. It was so dusty. It was so dirty. Uh, the grandstands were not aluminum. They still had the cover bleachers. The walls were just standard guardrails. It was just, it it was a racetrack, you know, it was a dirt track. And for Steve O'Neill to step up and say, okay, I want to, I want to take in the perspective of everyone else. You know, I want to hear what everyone has to say. And, uh, and he did that. And he ultimately, in my opinion, Steve O'Neill and Steve Steinling got the dust issue under control. They started bringing in good sponsors. They started bringing in people that used to be into racing, getting them back into it. The Weikert family, they were out of racing for years, got, got them back into it local businesses and instead of approaching a business and saying i want to put your decal on the on the backstretch they said i want to give you return on investment so i'm going to show you how you your business is going to profit from being at port royal speedway and he was able to do just that so um they, they really thought outside the box and thought outside of what normal dirt track racing is accustomed to and they're not scared to go elsewhere and see what other places are doing or what they like from other places or what they dislike from other places. Um, in my opinion, rule number one is bathrooms, dude. They replace the bathrooms. You it's the 2021, you know, we're not out here in porta pots. So it, it's a cleanly facility. It's a place that I can take my sponsors and business people that I know really well and say, Hey, come to Port Royal Speedway. I guarantee it's an A-class facility and you'll have a great time. And it's Bottom line, cleanly, great racing, great surface, safe. Absolutely. You're right. You're right. And I love, I love Steve O'Neill. He's one of the nicest people in the world. He's, I've never lost a party before until I went to Port Royal. Oh, really? Uh, I, I'm <laughs> like, they know how to get down. That infield party, is man. the craziest infield I have ever walked into in my entire life. But then after hanging out with Steve O'Neill and all the officials and all the people that just love to party and also love racing, that's that's why I love going there. Yeah, man. It's a party every single weekend. And believe me, we had a really good party Saturday night. <laughs> Rightfully so. 
So I want to I want to change the subject a little bit just because it was sort of relevant with us, you know, scheduling you today. Your day job, a lot of people may not know, you're a pilot. So yeah. how did how did you get interested in the aviation side of things and and just kind of take us through like what you fly, you know, and, and everything that comes with with that? Yeah, I hopped in uh, hopped in airplanes when I was 18, uh, right out of high school. You know, I was I wasn't a smart kid. I, I didn't. Um, I didn't put all my attention into school, just like most kids don't. And I just wanted to get out and, and go to a beach somewhere warm, honestly. So I went to Florida and got into flying and uh, thought, you know what, I'll get a loan out for this and see if I can do this. And, and it ended up working. And here we are 10 years later, I've been flying jets. I'm 30 years old. Uh, I've been flying jets for a company out of Bedford, Pennsylvania um, that works with my racing schedule. And I'm in a really good opportunity right now with them and in, in racing in general. But we fly uh, three CJ3s, uh, Citation jets, nine-seater personal jets, and then another CJ2 Plus, uh, Sovereign, uh, straight CJ, two King Airs. Uh, we're really busy, actually. I wasn't supposed to fly today until this morning popped up and uh, got back. And, hey, I'm heading to, heading to Florida tomorrow and going to bed for Massachusetts and coming back, and I'll be home by three. So uh, charter work and some part owner-operator work, but uh, – yeah, we have a good time, man. It's uh, fl flying jets is is flying jets and, and having a good time is having a good time. It, it's it goes hand in hand, really. That's awesome. I wish I could fly. Like I, I used to be so scared of flying, and like that was before. Obviously, I started working and traveling a lot for a living. But like once yeah. you get to know how the planes work, and you know know that if one thing goes wrong, the plane's not going down. Like you know, it's just those type of things you have to think about when you get on a plane. And once that happens, then it's like I don't want to be on a car anymore because it's less safe yeah. dude i could literally take off and just after rotation speed um i can lose an engine and i can climb up to altitude just fine with one engine and uh the amount of vigorous engine failures uh v1 cuts or electrical um failures or whatever the amount of training we have to go through as pilots is crazy so uh, you're very safe in anyone's hands that's it's operating you in an airplane honestly so i'm curious I mean, obviously, when you're in, when you're driving, you're flying a plane, you're not the reactions and things are not the same as they are in, in a sprint car. But those are two pretty. I mean, driving a wing sprint car and and flying jets. I mean, that's a those are two kind of extreme, you know, hobbies or occupations. If you know, that's probably a better word for it. So, um, I mean, are there any similarities at all between the two between the two things? I mean, whether it's you know hand-eye coordination or anything like that yeah probably like thinking ahead like whenever i gotta fly an ils approach down or gps approach down to minimums you're always thinking of your next your next step you know whether you need to cross a certain gps fix at a certain altitude or or as you're descending down to hand flight and feel the controls and feel which way the plane's yawing or or pitching um it's really a feel thing and that could come down to a sprint car. You know, you think ahead, you progress and you really want to feel the car out and get the car underneath of you. Um, same thing applies in an airplane. So I'd say there are some similarities uh, with that. And it's just as simple as operating machinery. You know, you, you, you see characteristically, there's a lot of uh, really good sprint car drivers that operate machinery day in and day out as a real job. So uh, it's, it's operating a machine and becoming one with that machine and, and it'll talk to you and, and, you can manipulate it and control it uh, based off of what you feel. And, and that's probably the closest similarity, honestly, with it. 
Yeah, one of the hardest yeah. parts, one of the hardest parts I think of sprint car racing, at least from what I gather from people talking, is reading racetracks. Um, you know, how they yeah. change, evolve throughout the night. I think I was listening to some midget talk the other day. I think it's a Monday midget talk or whatever that Wikipedia has been putting on. They talked about it's like a garden. You know, you got to, you know, it's just like reading soil. Like it's going to change, you know, with however, whatever happens on it or, you know, such like that. So Port Royal, the surface is just always so perfect. How, how do you guys do it? And the locals seem to do it better than most. Yeah, it changes though. Um, even though it looks very similar night in, night out, there's so much, so many differences with it night in night out uh it started off really really fast saturday it looked like it was going to go slick the sun come up and push up to the track push clean up to the wall and all of a sudden it went straight to the bottom and and then you got to be around the bottom because it gets dirty around the top so yeah you manage you manage a track but you know one of the biggest differences in wing racing is that what you can't see the wind you know the air the downforce the uh, dirty air, the clean air, uh, where to put your car. You can watch the track change. You can't watch the air move. So, you know, that I think, I think people struggle with that. And, um, there is, there, there's a lot of benefits to the air. There's a lot of disadvantages to the air and how it reacts to the car. But, uh, the better you can manipulate that, you know, the better race car driver you're going to be. And you also, like you said, you have to put the car where you want to put it and where the moisture is and where it's coming back up or where it's going away or where it's fading. And it's lap by lap, you know, you may pick a lane and you need to alter that lane halfway through the corner because it just isn't there. Absolutely. I appreciate the time. First, before you let you go, um, the posse, man, I mean, Macri, you, you guys came through for the boys. Um, you know, you, you feeling pretty good the rest of the season here with the outlaws rolling in and stuff. Yeah, man, I, I'm feeling really good at Port Royal. Like I said, I feel like we have everything uh, where we want it to be and we can only progress, not degress. But I feel like we have a really good car underneath of us and, and the team is is plugging away better than it ha has in years past. And um, we're, on, we're on the ups right now. And I think, I'm hoping this is the slowest we are and we only have speed under us. So um what we're working with and what we're doing is is something special and, and i'm really glad to be a part of it thanks logan appreciate you coming on the show hey thank you guys take care you thanks too. man you know i think he's really proud and i think the thing that he's most proud of right now isn't you know, the fact that we're wing racing or, you know, that we're challenging ourselves in this way, but it's the way that we're doing it. We're doing it the Brian way. You know, we really try to do everything and emulate everything that we do in this building around how Brian would have done it. Um, and so I think he's super proud of not only our team, but also Tyler as a driver. I think that, um, you know, the last four or five years have been instrumental and in kind of his career and I think that he's done it in such a kind, humble, um, hardworking way that Brian would be super proud that we were still with him at this point in his career and I think that, you know, he wouldn't want anything less than that. In 19th 
70, the All-Star Circuit of Champions is born. It is the original Touring Wing Sprint Car Series where the greatest drivers in the world competed throughout the country. Ladies and gentlemen, advance of all ages on behalf of the All-Star Circuit of Champions, Tony Stewart, and everyone here at Attica Raceway Park. We thank you so much for your support of America Series here tonight. This time by, we invite you to your feet to salute tonight's A-Main starting field. What number are we on? I forget. Uh, I think this is 32. I'm tired of keeping track of numbers. I don't have time. 32. The uh... people know. People know what episode they're watching. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's in the title. Episode 32. I'm trying to think who who was a 32. Chase Stockin. Ah, Chase Stockin. Fort Branch, Indiana. <clears throat> Stockin is in the uh, top 10 non-wing rankings that I released yesterday. Uh, let's get into our hat shakes brought to you by Sun Dollar Restoration. Um, right now, Sun Dollar is basically chasing storms all over Indianapolis. And if you have damage, you can call them or sign up and they'll take care of everything for you. You can, uh, you know, your fin- the financial firm or, or the insurance company that you're with will, you know, they'll get with them. They'll do it for free. You pay nothing. Uh, Sun Dollar Restoration in the Indianapolis area. Uh, use them for all of your insurance uh, storm needs. All right. What do we got, D. Welch? Uh, hat Shakes of the Week. What do we got? Yeah, I was going to give mine uh, to Chase Stockin, actually, for uh, kind of a combination of things. Obviously, his Ironman streak, uh, unfortunately, came to a close at Bloomington on Friday with USAC 324 consecutive feature starts dating back to the start of the 2012 season. Um, opted to not use a provisional at Bloomington on Friday. And I, and the reason that I kind of want to give him a hat shake is not only to honor his, his Ironman streak, but two, the reason he kind of decided to not use this provisional was because they admittedly have not been very good this year. They've been, the best finish. I think they had before Saturday was 11th, uh, which is, you know, obviously not, not good at all. Um, so they opted to not use the provisional to go home so they could go home, go back to their shop, rebuild the car that they used last year. And, uh, and then went out the next night and finished third at Hopstot for their best run of the year. So uh, that kind of mentality and that kind of thinking is part of what has allowed chase to make 324 consecutive feature starts. So, um, you know, who's to say you won't, you know, start another streak here, probably not going to be 324 starts, but um, you know, smart racer, you know, smart guy gets it and, uh, needed to make a change, needed to, to kind of hit the reset button. And that's what they did. And, uh, they got their best run of the season out of it on Saturday. So, um, hat shake to him for, um, you know, a hell of a last nine years, I guess. Very good point. Good points uh, there. You know, Stockton had yet to have a top 10 until finishing the top three at Hobstadt uh, over the weekend. So congratulations to him. Hobstadt, Kyle Cummins won. Jaden Rogers nearly won his first USAC National Sprint Car Series race. It was a good one, a dandy at Hobstadt. I know how you don't like that place, but to me, it's one of the best racetracks in the country. Um, <laughs> the, the night before, Mother Nature rained out with USAC for the Sprint Car Series. The night before that, at Bloomington, Kevin Thomas Jr., is my hat shake. He got up on the top rope there. Brady Bacon passed him on the last, you know, three to go, two to go, whatever it was late. And then KT's like, nah, none of this champ. 
Yep. I got this, buddy. And uh, rim rided and ro- drove back around Bacon to win the race uh, at Bloomington. So congratulations to KT. His second USAC National Sprint Car Series victory of the year. His third Sprint Car victory as he won at Brownstown and the No Way Out 40. The All-Stars. We just had Logan Wagner on. Big weekend for the All-Stars. Tony Stewart wins. He should, on uh, uh, all honesty, probably be one of our loud pedal hat shakes. Um, you know, our Sun Dollar Restoration hat shakes because... He's taking advantage of winning, you know, you know, tires are tires, save your tires. Everyone does it. It's pavement racing, right? NASCAR, you know, NASCAR, that's all it is, is saving tires. And yep, stock, those- stock car racing, there's people that watch stock car racing. You save tires in long late model races like I am at tonight, right? This big, this big old big boy tonight. You got to save tires. Suck it up. Suck it up. Like quit being a sprint car snob. Like seriously. Save tires, taking care of your tires. Justin Peck saved him enough to get a top three to finish, right? Smoke was just better than you. Get over it. Wow. Up on your soapbox here. Tony Stewart wins with the All-Stars. Who else won? I forget. Uh, Macri won at Bedford. Uh, Past Rico with a few to go on a restart and got him one. And then obviously Logan won at, uh, won at Port. Yep. So big wins. Big wins for... Uh, those guys with the all-stars and also they're fun man you don't know who's gonna win each and every night yep it's good it's really good right now it's uh i think i mean across the board you know i mean i think um even you look at like knoxville their weekly show was a was a great race uh between geo and and sheldon um you know the usac races were really good this past week and all-star races obviously were good um i mean sprint car racing as a whole i mean across the board right now i think is i mean even the outlaws you know across the board is super competitive and um you know, it's very much appointment television. So, um, obviously, there's more racing tonight. You're at Atomic. USAC kicks, kicks off the Keystone Invasion uh, for the National Sprint Cars. Four races the next uh, four nights for their first trip out to PA. So, they run at Grandview tonight. So, um, it's our favorite time of the year, buddy. There's racing all over the place, you know, damn near every night of the week, it seems like. And, you know, mm-hmm. lots of different series. So, it's a lot of fun. Yep. And I don't really want to run down all these winners, but... Bilby won at the Berg. Brody, Brody Rohr won at Tulare. Uh, Troy DeGotten got his first one with the ASCS Desert Non-Wing. Uh, local show Hopkins wins again. I don't think Hopkins has lost at Lincoln Park Speedway this year. Um, you know, mentioned the Outlaws rained out. Kyle Larson got a win in that as well. Young Money uh, winning at the Grove. Waynesfield. How do we forget him? I don't know how we forgot him. Gary Taylor won a winged uh, uh, fast GT. race at Waynesfield. At Old GT with the ceilings. Congratulations to Gary Taylor. ASCS 360, Park Jefferson, Blake Hahn goes back to victory lane. Um, Freddie Raymer won at Lincoln Speedway, Wayne County. Dean Jacobs won. Knoxville, you mentioned Sheldon Honshield was a barn burner there. A great race um, for Sheldon Honshield to win with the locals. Ryan Rule, GLSS opener. Justin Sanders won two races. And then Jack Sodeman, uh, Cole Macedo won at Attica. Congratulations to him and the Linders. And then Ayrton Jeniton won at Tri-City. If I'm missing, I don't care. If I don't, if I miss your races, I don't care. I mean, I mean, I'm. This is the research I'm doing. I had it right in front of me. If I'm missing you, just let me know. I guess. But uh, those are our loud pedal, sun dollar restoration, sun dollar. Wow, sorry, Jason and Kim. Slow down. Sun. Oh wait, wait. I think Jason had a a, a, a one he had to put in here too. I think it was. Let's see. I, I got this. I got this. It was something to do with Zeb. I think uh, for the for the hat shake. Do you know what it was? I don't. That's his driver, though. So, yeah. So I'm I'm pretty sure that Zeb um, crashed in a heat race over the weekend. 
So I got to get this in here. This would be bad if I if we have a partner here that I uh, don't uh, get. I don't know. I'm going to have to add it here. I forget what it was. Something about Zeb. That's all I'm going to say. They had him beat in the heat race or something like that. And tough weekend. They're still trying to figure it out, but they're, uh, you know, they're going to be fast. Yep. That's part of, uh, part of starting a new team. There's some bugs and kinks to work out early in the season, but uh, they've been fast. They've shown speed. They'll be good. Here it is. Ultra Shield is the seat company. Dave Sharpley did Zeb seats inserts and Simpson racing products is who's making all of the gear, keeping Zeb safe after a crash in the heat race. Safety, right. safety. The Sun Dollar Restoration Hat Shake of the Week. That's from Jason, who owns Sun Dollar Restoration. D. Welch, I'm going to go late model racing. I'm getting ready to talk to Tyler Erb. All right, well, we better let you go. You, you've been on the chip this entire episode, so we better, you better get out there. I'm ready to go. $22,000 on the line tonight here at Atomic Speedway for the Flow Racing Castrol Night in America. Watch it. I am telling you, this is big boy racing, Dylan. They don't dump these trailers off. They don't bring these trailers here and unload that hauler unless it's $10,000 or more. And you, are you, know, you a, are you know, you a late it's model? Big money. Are you a late model guy now? I just like racing and I like big boy racing and I like $22,000 to the winner. So I chase big races. I'm a big race chaser. I'm not a storm chaser. I'm a big race chaser. That's why I'm here. You're big, big race chaser, huh? Big heavy lunch. Not to be not to be confused with racer chaser. Thank you for watching Loud Pedal Podcast. We'll see you next week. God bless you guys. God bless the world, buddy. Let's go race. This is the Loud Pedal Podcast. A very diverse cast of automobile racing characters. With your host, NBC Sports television analyst and part-time midget racer, it's D. Welch, Mr. Dylan Welch. Yeah, you damn right I got that out there. Oh, that stupid-ass flagman. They got a dumb-ass flagman they can't see. And an expert in only one category, food. Now, look how big those things are. Little meat on the bone there. And cook perfectly. Well, sometimes racing, but mostly food. When you're talking a, a meal, like people I'm about to die, I will ask for 15 to 20 chicken wings. It's heavy lunch, Tyler Burnett.